You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. And this is not a spoiler-free podcast episode. We will be discussing the series in its entirety, which as of this recording is the first two seasons. And for this episode, we have a very special guest with us. Great Scott, it's Josh Vokey. Thank you so much for joining us, Josh. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And he's actually joining us from outside, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I hope, uh, hopefully it's not messing up the sound too much. I, I think it's fine. Uh, I'm in a pretty quiet area. You do sound okay. So. No, it sounds okay, fine. Cool. It sounds fine. So why, why exactly are you sitting out in a park again? Could you tell our listeners? Oh, right, right, right. Well, it's the final match of the World Cup, actually. Um, I completely forgot about that when we scheduled this interview, but the entire city of Toronto is out in the streets watching uh, soccer right now. So I uh, was with my friends watching it at kind of ground zero in the city, and I walked to the closest quiet park, which is a couple miles away. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. So how did you get involved in Orphan Black, and what was your audition process like? My audition process was actually really brief and um, not really typical, I don't think. I auditioned to play Scott Smith in the uh, first season. I, I went in for episode five, and uh, my audition was probably about 45 seconds long. Uh, I did the first Scott scene. Uh, that was my entire audition. And uh, I did it one take. Um, I auditioned uh, for the casting director and uh, for TJ Scott, who is uh, one of the directors who directs a lot of episodes for the series, um, aside from John Fawcett. Uh, he's probably directed the most. Um, in fact, I think he did direct. Yeah, he has directed the most. But I auditioned for him, and I did one take, and he said, that's great, man. like it. You made it your own, and that was it. And then I was on the show. And... and uh, it just kind of evolved from there. It started with one day on set that turned into two to three to four. And then I uh, kind of joined the cast of the show in season two. So did you know when you got the part that Scott would be a recurring character or was it just no, supposed to be like, a no, no, it, yeah, he, he, there was no, uh, it was kind of an open-ended thing. They said, maybe he will be, maybe he won't. We don't quite know yet because as you know, it's, it's a very, a conspiracy-based show, so the scripts are on pretty strict lockdown, so nobody ever really knows anything that's going on. The only two people that know anything about what's happening are John and Graham. Um, and the rest of us know in due time, which is actually really liberating, because it it takes the heat off us, because we don't need to worry about giving spoilers to people, because we actually don't know anything. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Were you excited that Scott got a last name, finally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I That was actually, it. it f- fun fact is that he actually had a last name um, halfway through the second season. So when Scott got hired at the dyad, it actually says on the forms that I have in my hand that you can't see in the camera shot, but it says entrance forms for Scott Smith to the dyad institute. And I asked them at that time, I asked the writer for that episode, who was Chris Roberts, who did a great job because that was his first big professional episode, episode six. That was his first big thing. And uh, I asked him about it, and I said, like, is, is, that, is, that just like a, is that just a prop, or is that actually my last name? He's like, oh, no, 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 it's your last name. That's it. That's what it is now. So you did have a secret to keep briefly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, a tiny, teeny, tiny secret. But, but even, then, uh, even then, when uh, people finally found out it's, his last name was Smith, everyone just said, well, that was over. That was underwhelming. It's like, no cool-ass name, just Smith. And it's like, well, it's, it's the easiest to get for copyright reasons. 
Makes sense. Yeah. So we've heard a lot about Tatiana using like dance and movement to get into character, especially the Casima dance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were mm-hmm. eager to see. So I have to ask, is there a Scott dance that you use to get into character? Well, it's it's funny actually. There Scott is actually he's he's very different than me. His uh his physicality is very different. He takes a lot of his kind of nervous energy and uh and puts it into his movements, so he's never he's never quite sitting still. Um, he's always kind of shuffling from side to side uh, because he's extremely unsure of himself, and that kind of manifests itself in his physical movement. So yeah, when I'm on set, when when I'm on set, I'll usually walk around, uh, I'll fiddle around as Scott. So I'll I'll kind of fidget with things, fidget with myself, talk to myself, and uh, kind of shuffle around the room as Scott. Uh, so it's kind of like a dance. Sometimes I dance to myself. Sometimes I jump up and down to get my energy up. But yeah, it, it's kind of a dance. It's it's more like an awkward geek shuffle, though. The Scott shuffle. We should <laughs> yeah, name it. it's it's kind of like the Scott shuffle. So we don't know a heck of a lot about Scott's background yet. We just sort of saw him as a student at, at the University of Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering, do you do you know some of Scott's background, or have you sort of filled in his background information? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I I, f- I fill it in so that it works for me. But most of what I need was already in the pages in the script. I get everything from there. So, so far, all, all that I really know, I don't really even know too much about his background. All I know is that he, he does come from the University of Minnesota. That, that could mean he could be from anywhere, though, uh, because the reason why University of Minnesota is so prevalent in the show and why, why would they pick the University of Minnesota is because uh, it has one of the top genetics programs in the world, or in North America, at least. But it's one of the foremost in the world and where the real Cosima actually studies. So that's why that's there. But other than that, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about Scott in terms of the background. I, I kind of, I learn it as I go and, and we work that out as we go because the character just kind of, he, he started as one thing and he's kind of grown into something, uh, very different, very cool. And that's, that's, well, that's due to Graham and John, but, and the entire writing team, but it's the kind of thing that's always an evolving process with him and he's constantly changing and growing. So it's, it's fun because we're actually creating him as we go. And I do something that informs what they do and, and vice versa. And it's a real collaborative process, which is really cool because we're actually kind of, you know, figuring it out as we go. I think Scott could maybe be from the Midwest, maybe not Minnesota, but I could see him being from the Midwest. No, I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm hesitant to nail down exactly where he's from, but <laughs> if, if Scott was from Wisconsin, I would, I would nod and say, yes, yes, he is. He's absolutely from Wisconsin. Cause a Canadian accent actually can, can pass for a Wisconsin accent. Cause I, yeah. I lived in Wisconsin for a year or so actually. So yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So in the first season, Scott is basically a lab monkey. You know, he kind of just runs tests for mm-hmm. Cosima because it, it seems because he has a crush on her. And do you think that cause Scott and Cosima were friendly before she asked for his help? Or do you think Cosima was exploiting the fact that Scott kind of had a crush on her to get him to, to help her? Well, I, I mean, I think that they were friends. Uh, they were friends before. Uh, it kind of drops you right kind of into the middle of their friendship, which is fairly shallow when the show starts but yeah he absolutely did did work for her because he had a crush on her and because he you know i've always seen him as a guy he doesn't have a whole lot of friends he's very devoted to his work and it's kind of his life and so in in that little kind of microcosm the, the only real friend he had in that vacuum uh, was probably Cosima. and so it's 
as odd a relationship that is, that was something that, you know, meant a lot to him. And, and that's why he did the work for it. And because he had a monster crush on him. <laughs> and so speaking of that, Kasima's comments, you get to have sex with yourself. And he's a virgin, yeah. in case you couldn't tell. How do you yeah. interpret Scott's reaction to those? Is it because, like, oh, she's she's joking around with me? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 very much that she's joking around with me, and I uh, I kind of take it. He takes it in stride because that's the kind of guy he is. It, I mean, it does sting a little bit, of course it does, because he thinks he's he thinks he's doing a great job of being very cool. Is the thing about Scott is that he he knows that he's in control and he's a pretty suave operator. So when people kind of call him on that, he tries to laugh it off like, oh, they're just joking. But underneath, he, he knows the truth that he's uh, he's not quite as cool as he wants to be. I think Scott's cool. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so when when Scott meets Delphine, you know, she she yeah. and Kasima kiss in front of him and he has a fairly flustered reaction. So do you think Scott yes. had any idea that Kasima was attracted to women at that point? Or was that completely new information for him? That was completely new information, as far as I can tell. That's something that he wouldn't know, uh, because he's... Part, part of the thing about Scott, I'm sure you noticed, is that he doesn't quite understand social cues very well, and uh, proper behavior in public. He doesn't quite get it. Uh, he's just socially inept, and so a lot of those cues would be lost on him. I'm sure it was very obvious that Cosima liked women throughout their friendship, he just missed all the cues and saw what he wanted to see. <laughs> so in that same scene, like when, when Scott meets Cosima, or sorry, when Scott meets Delphine, he, you know, he, he reacts to her kind of like, oh, you're pretty. And Cosima like gives Scott this look and it just looks completely like intimidating, <laughs> like sort of back yeah. away from my girl. Uh, was, was it quite as intimidating in real life as it was, as it looks on the screen? Cause it looks pretty scathing. Uh, yeah, it, it was a bit of a shutdown. It was, it, it, if I guess it felt at the time, like, uh, could you please embarrass me less? Like, you're, would you just <laughs> go away? Like, you, it's, it's kind of, I, it always, to me, it felt like that look, like, I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> um, and, uh, and that, that's kind of, that's kind of how it felt at the time. But it was, uh, that was, that was a fun day. I think we we were shooting that I think at eight o'clock in the morning at a hospital. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So was that where most of the Minnesota scenes were shot? The the university scenes were they in a hospital? Yeah. Well, they moved around locations in the first season. We shot uh we shot at a couple of different kind of like labby, sciencey, hospitaly locations around the city of Toronto. There are tons to choose from. And then in season two, we like once we got to the dyad. Uh, we had our, we built our own space in the, uh, in the studio, uh, in our, in our home base in uh, the studio district in Toronto. So when season two started, did you know your role would expand the way it did? No, I didn't. I had no idea at all. I had an inkling because I got a call from my agent saying that I was going to be going back for season two and, uh, that I wasn't to make plans to leave the city until, uh, shooting wrapped in February. So that was six months. They said uh, they want you to know they don't want you to go anywhere for six months. So that was kind of their cryptic, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like just stick around. And then once I got into shooting, I, I had, uh, I had a, you know, a couple of brief conversations with 
with John Fawcett, one of the creators. I met him actually in season two. I hadn't met him till then. I met him in the first episode of season two when he directed me. And, uh, and he floated a couple of ideas by me about things that he wanted to try with Scott's character. And, uh, never, didn't tell me too much, but he told me, you know, that he had some bigger plan, had big plans for me. And, uh, yeah, and, and that was, that was the most I knew until we got the scripts. Hmm. Don't leave town for six months. It's like you're on parole or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it seemed like a important turning point for Scott in season two was when he kind of blurted out to Cosima and Delphine that he knew about the clones. It, it seemed like this moment where he was really asserting himself and saying, you know, you can't keep me in the dark anymore. Just kind of use me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like a really comedic scene. So like, how do you, how do you find the balance in the scene like that? Like getting it, getting the importance of the moment across, but also being funny. Um, well, I, uh, I think with his, with that character, a lot of the, a lot of the comedy comes from his very awkward physicality. And so the scene was absolutely serious until that last moment when it just kind of breaks and falls apart. <laughs> And he, uh, because he tries, he, he does the one thing he shouldn't do, which is, uh, tries to be tough. Yeah, the scene was going well for him in terms of getting his point across and being uh, authoritative before he decided that he was going to put that final button on it. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, you better recognize. And, and, and that was, that was the moment it all fall, falls apart, right? Because that's not who he is. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess that's how the balance works. It, you, you play it like it's a serious scene because it is a serious scene. And ultimately, when you're uh, when you're a character like Scott Smith, and you try to really punch that point across at the end, it's gonna it's gonna look ridiculous because he's not that he's not a super tough guy. Yeah, I love the way that he's standing at the end with his with his arms across his chest, and I, I've seen a lot of people comment on that on Tumblr, like really liking his his physical presence there at the end. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. We had uh, Evelyn and Todd and I had a, a couple of laughs when we shot that one. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so how excited were you when you found out you'd be coming to Dyad and doing a lot more scenes with the two of them? Uh, really good. Um, I mean, I, I that, again, that was a conversation I had with, with John and with Graham. Just very informal kind of off the fly when they kind of mentioned why they wanted to do that and how they thought it would be cool. And I, I was like, I mean, it's cool because we have our own lab in the studio that's built. So it actually does feel like it's, it's our own lab. It's our own little lab that the three of us have. We have all our little equipments and our stations set up and there's the chill zone with the, with the shag rug and everything. Uh, I don't really get to go up there. I'm, I stick more to my sequencing machines, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it was a really cool experience being able to go into the dyad and, and being on set because I walk around to the different areas of the dyad. So it actually felt like being in the real dyad because I was in the real dyad. It was a, it was a real building that we built. <laughs> cool. So when you were shooting the, the scene where Scott was talking to Cosima and kind of Delphine on Skype, how did, how did that work exactly? Did you, was, was Tatiana there to read lines with you when you were shooting your side? Were you there when they were doing their side? How did that work? No. Um, we don't, yeah, we don't do that. When we're shooting those, the camera is on us. So they've got a couple of cameras. There's a camera mounted on the laptop that we talk at. That's a really, uh, really good camera. And then they have the actual camera that shoots the show running at the same time. So they run both of them and we have to say the lines into it and they'll have, uh, one of the crew members or script, like, uh, I believe, 
I can't remember. It might have been the first AD that read them the first time, or the script supervisor, Melanie Orr, who's really fabulous, too. I think she might have been reading in a couple of those scenes. So they'll read the scenes, they'll read the lines, and then you say your own lines, they just record you doing your own lines. But, yeah, we're looking at a blank screen, a blank computer screen that's black. So just just a black screen. I mean, that, that's how those scenes work. When I, when I did episode five, I actually, episode five of season two, that computer scene, uh, the director, Helen Shaver of that episode, who's amazing, actually got involved. And, uh, when my lines were being read, she would throw in little things herself to me, just kind of little, little jabs at Scott or little directions like, okay, okay, now do this. And she kind of play, kind of played off camera with me where no one could see. And that was, uh, that was amazing. That was really cool. I think that was my favorite time being in front of the web camera but yeah normally it's just talking to uh talking to a blank computer screen with all the cameras on you being the only one in the room <laughs> so after that skype call like kasima makes this comment about scott being so cute and and i know that some fans were, were wondering that hmm is scott's coming and kasima thinks he's so cute is he maybe going to cause some some ripples in kasima and delphine's relationship at some point and, and I was just wondering, do you think that there's any romantic potential to Scott and Kasima's relationship, or are they just like buddies now? I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't say anything for sure with Orphan Black because it's that kind of show. As soon as I say one thing, I'm going to look silly because it's going to be the opposite. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I think that their relationship has has kind of evolved into something that's much, much closer to like a very, I mean, it, I. I think there's a very kind of loving yet platonic bond between the two of them that has kind of evolved over the course of the season and her going through her, her sickness and, uh, and him being there. And, and I, I'd like to think, or I, I think that the relationship is, is, you know, pretty pure in the sense that it's just, uh, it's just two people that, you know, that are good friends that love each other. Which I love because there's not enough of that on TV. Exactly. Exactly. And we were really excited about that. Yeah. Friendship is important. Yes. Yes. So do you share any of Scott's interest in science? Uh, yeah, I do. I actually, when I was in high school, spent half a year studying cloning, funnily enough. So I wrote, uh, I wrote and gave a presentation that took me six months to complete on um, the implications of cloning and stem cell research. Because I was really interested in it, particularly the moral implications of cloning, which is, you know, what we what we do on the show every week is inherently all all those moral implications come up over and over again when we're shooting the show, you know, and and so it it's strange because I I, I did this project you know ten years ago, and it seems to have kind of come full circle in my life that I'm right back in the midst of these same moral questions that I was asking when I was 17 or 18. Which is actually a great segue to our next question, which is from our friend Sally, who's sort of, we like to refer to Sally as our science consultant. <laughs> yes. She asks, Scott's scientific curiosity and drive to find out the truth is tempered by his friendship with and respect for Cosima. Even when finding out that she's the subject 324B21, he still views her as a person. How has playing Scott shaped your opinion about the ethics of scientific research? It's it shaped it in the sense that I believe in, in all cases, when it, when it comes to this kind of research, cloning in general, I believe that there needs to be 
sit-downs where we talk about the moral implications of everything that we're doing and really iron that out before we really start to dig into, you know, let's do this or let's do that. I think that people, there needs to be some form of constitution, uh, some form of charter where we discuss, you know, the rights and the and the, the moral weight that we have to carry if we're going to keep going with this course of action. Uh, I, I think that the moral implications are things that have to be worked out before we start messing around with the science. I've always believed that. And I mean, the science will always go first, uh, inherently, because someone will do something that leads to something that goes to something else that will then bring up those questions. But I think that as soon as the questions come up, they need to be discussed. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a super simplified way of, of saying it because it's, it's not that simple at all. Um, those kind of laws and, and, uh, statutes when it comes to cloning are things that can differ in different countries or different areas. People have different opinions, but I think that this is an issue that's, it's a global issue that affects all of us and we all need to have some kind of consensus. Okay. So speaking of the scene where Scott learns that Kasima's a clone, between that scene and the scenes in the finale where he helps Kasima and Sarah, Scott's been getting a lot of fandom love on Tumblr, mm-hmm. like especially on Tumblr. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but some people have nicknamed him Great Scott. Yes. Yeah. I was made aware of that. Did you have any idea that that would happen? No, none at all. Uh, but I mean, that, that's just one of those things that's uh, that's what I love so much about the fans of the show is that everybody everybody really takes it on the story and makes it their own and they do their own things with it and they you know they have their own very specific commentaries on it and and create art from it and it's just amazing i absolutely love it and yes i do love the nickname great scott i think that's cool good uh tatiana Maslany has said that the rune wars game terminology was harder for her to learn than the science dialogue yes was it the same way for you or have you played that kind of game before uh, i have okay. played those kind of games before uh rune wars is actually one of john fawcett the creators that's one of his favorite games um that's why mm-hmm. it's in the show but yeah uh yeah it was harder we we both struggled with it hard that day on the set we were both uh there were definitely a couple of times uh a couple of choice words that we might have said while trying to learn those lines. Like, Man, it's like, I can't get that. What does that even mean? <laughs> Every time I look at any of those games, it freaks me out because I, yeah. I just like, I can't wrap my brain around it at all. No, no, absolutely. So do you have favorite board games that you play or tabletop games that you play? Yes. Uh, uh, Settlers, of course. Oh, um, I love Risk Settlers. was always my favorite growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Settlers, Risk, uh, Monopoly, and Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. So in the in the season two finale, you got to be in a scene with with Sarah and Rachel. Yep. And were you excited to get to work with different clothes besides Kasima? Yes, very much. That was that was. I didn't actually even sleep before we shot that last day. Uh, the this. The operating room scene. I think I might have slept one hour. Wow. And then I went into set and we shot for 16 and a half hours. But I was, I was so amped. Cause I imagine that'd be a really long scene with the yeah. two clones. It was, it was very long to shoot. Um, but it was so worth it. I had such a blast, such an amazing experience. Yeah. Scott got to be kind of like a, an action hero in the, in the finale. It seemed like he got a few little action sequences. Yeah, yeah. Graham, uh, Graham hinted that to me while we were shooting episode nine. He's like, I, I'm gonna, 
He's like, you're going to get a chance to be a bit of a hero. And I, like, I spent my, I spent, you know, a week racking my brain. Like, what does he mean? What does that mean? <laughs> and it, it happened in the most lovely way, I think. It was really cool. Okay. You might not be able to answer this, and that's okay. But, no, but will okay. you be back for season three? I have absolutely no idea. I know okay. that we're renewed. I, I don't know anything yet. Um, I suspect nobody else does. Uh, I was, you know, none of us really, we, none of us really know anything until we know something, you know? I actually was hanging out with Maria Doyle Kennelly in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and she said the same thing. She's like, so what's going on? And she, and I said, I don't know. And she's like, I guess none of us really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope that she will be back for season three. Cause Scott has become certainly a favorite character of ours. Oh, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's been, you know, one of the great pleasures of my life to play Scott Smith. It's, uh, it's truly an honor to be a guy like that. Uh, I really love him very much. And I, I think that his kind of evolution and, and, and what he's become and the fact that he gets to push a lot of his own boundaries is, is really cool. And it's a lot of fun to play. Okay. So is there anything you'd like to say to Clone Club or the fraction of it that listens to us? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I can't even express how, how much love I have for Clone Club. Orphan Black is, is a TV show that we, that we make for, you know, that we make for, for people that want something a little different, you know, people that, people that might feel like they're on the outside of something or that they're just a little weird. And I hope that they all love it very much, everything that we're doing. And speaking as someone who is self, you who well, you know, I'll confess right out. I'm I'm a strange guy. Um, <laughs> I I I can't express how much love I have for Clone Club and uh, and the amazing response that everybody has to things. It's it's truly humbling and honoring, and uh, you know, sometimes it makes me emotional looking at my own Twitter or reading the stories that people write about how the show has inspired them or helped them deal with their own difficulties. That's that's why I I became an actor. That's that's what I wanted to do for other people because that's what I wanted for me. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely an incredible thing. I, it is, I'm sorry, I'm stammering because I don't even know how to, how to put into words, uh, how much, how much the support of clone club and, and their stories that they've shared with me. I, I can't even express how much that means. It's just beyond words. Well, strange is totally the best way to be though. Yes, absolutely. Is what, yeah, I, I'm not sure that came across as right, but what I mean to say is like, I, I like that this is a show that's a little weird and I like that it's bringing out the weird in everybody and that they're really <laughs> loving it. Just real quick, if you, in case you don't run out of battery, yep. do you have any other projects that you're working on that you'd like to tell us about? Oh, right. Yeah. I guess I should tell you, you guys, uh, you guys like Lost Girl too, right? Yes. We do. We do. Yes. <laughs> I actually, there's a screening of a project called Outside In, which was a, a pilot that I shot with, with some friends that uh, they produced it independently and they did a great job of, of getting, bringing a lot of good actors together to work on it. And it's, I think it's being shopped around now to a couple of different networks, but I actually worked on that one with Casey Collins, who plays Hale on uh, Lost Girl, who's just a super dude. Aww. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the project. We like Casey. Yeah, he's a cool, he's a really cool guy. But that one was uh, uh, written and produced by my good friend, a tr another Toronto actor named Greg DeSilva, directed by another great Toronto actor named Lord Norton. And uh, it'll be screening at the Royal here in Toronto on the, on the 24th of July. 
at uh, 7 p.m. Cool. Cool. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me, guys. You guys have been great. Anytime you want to sit down and talk to me, you're more than welcome to get in touch. Well, thank you. And thank you for joining us and for letting us take you away from soccer. Oh, no, don't worry about it. But yes, thank you so much for being here, Scott. We really, or I called you Scott. <laughs> it's okay. Everybody does. Everybody I called does. him Scott. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> I know your real name. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Thank you for they, being with us, Josh. I, we really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank All right. you. Thanks. So once again, a huge thank you to Josh Vokey for taking the time to talk to us, which was really, really nice of him. It was really, really nice of him. We did have some more questions for him, so maybe we'll get to, to chat with him again sometime in the future, but we really appreciate the time that he took to, to chat with us. If you don't know already, you can follow Josh on Twitter. He's at his name, Josh Vokey, J-O-S-H-V-O-K-E-Y. And he gives really great answers to fan questions on Twitter, so he's worth following and tweeting at. He really does. He wants answered a fan who asked how it is to work with Tatiana and Evelyn. And he said it's terrible because he only ever has the third best hair in any scene. <laughs> so follow him on Twitter is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, follow him on Twitter. <laughs> and just a small note here from the editing room. We were so excited to talk to Josh that we kind of forgot to record this part when we were doing the original recording. But we're going to be going to a biweekly schedule from this point on for the hiatus, for the foreseeable future at least. And so... This episode's coming out on the 15th, so the next episode will be on the 29th. And if you're listening to this in the future, that doesn't really mean anything to you, but this is why there are going to be fewer episodes after this episode. So just so you know, bi-weekly from now on for the foreseeable future, at the most until season three starts. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about what Josh had to say. You can send us those comments by going and leaving a comment on the show notes for this episode. Tatiana is everyone.com slash 41. You can also send us an email to feedback at Tatiana is everyone.com. Or you can send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of the website. You can also follow us on Twitter at TIE podcast and we are on Facebook. And this week, the role of Josh Vokey was played by Tatiana Maslani. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>